0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies, with your host, Richard Franzi,
1: And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1187. It's our 1,501st interview as well, and I think we have a good one planned for you today. As a privacy lawyer in Southern California, Lily Lee of Metaverse Law recognized the growing market for legal services focused exclusively, love a niche, exclusively on data privacy and protection. Metaverse Law helps companies in the high-tech, digital marketing, healthcare, and e-commerce technologies by finding practical solutions for everyday online business problems. We have the founder... Lily Lee here to talk to us. Lily, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me here.
1: I'm excited to have you here. Let's start by saying a little bit about you. Let's talk about your background, kind of what we say here on the show, your professional path to where you are now in your career.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, So I'm a graduate of Duke University School of Law. And after I left law school, I practiced in the litigation space like most lawyers do Mm -hmm. you have businesses suing each other and While I was practicing in this space my clients in the corporate area started asking me about data privacy There are all these new laws coming out. How do we protect customer data? What is our exposure now that we have all these compliance obligations and when I took a look at this area? I realized this is fantastic data protection is going to be a huge space and every company needs to know about it. And so that's when I started my own practice, Metaverse Law.
1: That sounds good. So I want to spend a little bit more time in the company. So like I said, when I was doing the the read on the open, I, I believe every entrepreneur should have at least one niche that they are differentiated in. You certainly have identified a, a need and a niche. What is it that you're doing in that area for your clients?
0: Sure. So I go from the nuts and bolts all the way up. Mm. So for smaller businesses, I help them develop their privacy management programs. So all the security policies, all the privacy policies by jurisdiction, all the way down to training employees and managers on how to answer customer requests regarding their data.
1: Can I stop you right there for a second? Because I, 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 we'll have a dialogue about this. Mm-hmm. Because first of all, that is something now. A, a data privacy uh, manual. They that that's something companies need to actually have.
0: That's right. Okay. So before. And what size companies? All size companies.
1: So uh, companies that listen to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcasts around the world, but here in North America, tend to be a couple million to maybe fifty to a hundred million. So even the couple million couple million dollar companies are required to have this as well.
0: Well, it really depends on whether or not you process customer data. So you could be a small company, only a couple million dollars, but you end up having a customer base of $50,000, 50,000 customers or more. Sure, sure. And because of that, now you fall under California's rules. Or you're an even smaller company, but you have consumer data for consumers in Europe. Now you fall under Europe's privacy laws.
1: So it's where your customers are, not where you are domiciled? Is that what you're saying? So companies maybe that are listening that aren't in Southern California, but maybe I do business with them, they're obligated to follow California law?
0: That's right. Oh,
1: welcome (laughs) to the world, huh? Okay, so I, I put a speed bump in front of you, but... This is, since we talk to CEOs and business owners about best practices and an awareness, this is an area that they should be, hopefully be listening to learn from your experience to then go back and ask who, their IT department, their HR department? Where would this type of rules and policies sit?
0: It really falls under multiple departments. So your IT department will safeguard the customer data on the back end. Okay. But your marketing team... And your product management team they're the ones who take in data on the front end and so you really need to find a workflow from the front to the back so that your customer data is protected through the its entire lifecycle and this is where it's a very different paradigm than before where previously customer data was your IP is your trade secret information it was your Company jewels.
1: Yes, right? And you protected it for that reason.
0: That's right. But now there's a growing awareness and laws saying that this data belongs to the person, to the individual. Uh-huh. And so now you have to treat it like it's their property, not... Just yours.
1: So you're not just protecting it from people stealing it, you're protecting it from people stealing it to use it against the people who are in your database, is That's what I'm right. hearing, right? Okay. And you mentioned if you have clients, customers uh, overseas and in Europe, because Europe is, it feels to me from what I've read, that Europe is further ahead than the U.S. as far as protecting the individual's privacy rights as it relates to digital privacy.
0: That's right. So Europe passed the General Data Protection Regulation. And that came into effect this past May, and it applies to all businesses and even nonprofit organizations that deal with European personal data.
1: Hmm. Is it a model? Is that GDPR?
0: That's like, right. Okay.
1: Is that, a, is that a model that other countries, or in maybe in, in states in this case, are looking at as a basis from which to build their cyber laws?
0: That's right. So California just enacted its own kind of mini GDPR. Okay. It's called the California Consumer Privacy Act, and it goes into effect early next year. And India is considering a new data protection law that might go into effect this year. So for all those companies that are outsourcing to India, you should pay attention.
1: Okay. So many of our audience listeners reside in California, so they would be particularly interested. But maybe uh, to our earlier point, they have clients that are doing business with them and who live in California. Is it fully available to understand what the laws that are coming into California next year are? And can people start to understand how they need to work this year to comply with them when they take effect next year?
0: Yes. So I'd say... Maybe 60% of the law is out there and understandable, and so companies should get started on that right now. A good portion of the law um, is in the rulemaking process right now, right, and yeah. so we're going to learn more about that at the end of this year and starting next year.
1: So, so this must be an area for your practice right now. You must be working with forward-looking companies who, who want to start working on it as early as possible so they have the time to do it right. Is that is that a fair thing to say?
0: That's right. Um, like I said earlier, this affects so many departments in your company that it's way better to get started on this earlier instead of having a mad rush at the end of the year.
1: So, um, part of what I think I know about this from you and from others um, is that the you said the regulations are different state by state, but the penalties for not complying can be very significant to a company. C- can we talk about that at all? As far as what happens if you have if you're violating what's expected of you and you're found out, either because of a breach or something else happens, what should a business owner realize as a potential? risk area in cybersecurity.
0: That's right. So in the new California laws, there's going to be statutory damages um, for a breach. And so for each customer record that's breached, you're looking at a few hundred dollars in fines per customer per incident. And it doesn't matter if the customer has been harmed. And so there's going to be a lot of litigation in this area starting early next year, And then if you're looking at Europe, you can be fined up to 4% of your annual turnover. So we're looking at antitrust-style fines Mm -hmm. for the privacy arena. Right now, we're looking at California and Europe, but, you know, this is happening everywhere. And in the next few years, it's just going to be state by state or even federally.
1: Okay, so I'm going to come back to what you said earlier, and I want to unpack that just for a second to make sure I was clear on what I heard. I heard you say that should you have a breach, you could be liable as a company to pay several hundred dollars per client record that you have, whether they were involved in the breach or anybody was harmed or not. Is that what you're saying?
0: So per client record that's been accessed or hacked.
1: Okay, so it has to have been breached.
0: That's right. You can be fined a few hundred dollars or you could have statutory damages of a few hundred dollars. And the average... Breach affects about 20,000 to 30,000 records at a time. Wow. So when you start doing the math, it adds up.
1: Right. And, okay, And, and so they don't have to be harmed, but they have to be breached. Now, in a general sense, what is required of companies to comply with either I don't want to talk about GDPR because I think that's probably too much of an elephant to eat in the time that we have left. But let's talk about the California law and what you sense might be the trend happening here in the United States.
0: Sure. So there are two different aspects. One of them is more about privacy. The California law allows customers to tell companies, don't sell my data, delete my data, or give my data back to me. And also, tell me who you've sent my data to. So, that can be a list of 100 companies depending on what your business model is. Right. Um, and then there's the cybersecurity angle where you have to have reasonable security measures so people aren't hacking the data or you aren't letting random individuals off- access the data without authorization.
1: So, a fundamental difference, if I'm if I, understanding what you just said, is the owner of the client's information is the client. That's right. And they can tell the company what to do with the information or even to purge their information from their records. That is right. Okay. C- that So so then you have to have a process to comply with that and ver- I assume verify that you did that, right? I mean, is that is that part of what's being put on companies to be able to demonstrate they did that?
0: That's correct. And... Given where companies are putting all the data, right, it can be all over the place. And so that's why this is a huge, you know, process that you need to go through over the next year.
1: Yeah, it could be in your customer relationship management software for your salespeople. It could be in your marketing, drip marketing campaign. It certainly is going to be with your finance department on your accounts receivable because they're your customers. So you got to be able to build them, right? I mean, that's just off the top of my head.
0: That's right. And then you might have employees with a Dropbox account or Google Drive account, and they're using that information. You don't even know it. So it's time to put your data house in order.
1: So so when you uh, sit down to consult, you do consult before, right, with, with a business owner, say a $5 million company, and they're going, I want to do the right thing we're talking with Lily Lee here of Metaverse about one of her areas of expertise. I mean, how do you tell them to get, what advice, what free advice can you offer, or at least suggestions can you offer to the listening audience about where do you start? Where's go on the Monopoly board for these folks?
0: Sure. I would get all of your department heads together in one room and just ask them the simple question, where do you store customer data? And... It can be as simple as having a whiteboard up, start drawing a diagram. Because once you start drawing the diagram, you'll actually know how many places you have to address in your company.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you see, are you seeing people, individuals beginning to want to control their data on companies in databases? I mean, do you see a wave of individual consumers saying, hey... I want to pull back as much of my profiles as possible and start to put these letters into the companies? Do you think that's going to happen?
0: That is definitely going to happen. I know you don't want to go into the GDPR, but the Irish Data Protection Authority did a survey, and I think 30% of consumers had already made a request under that piece of legislation. Individuals? Yes. And so... In California, we have all these consumer advocacy groups, and they are just chomping at the bit because this is something new where people can actually control their data. Okay. And so we see a lot of enthusiasm right now at the public forums about this new law.
1: So there's pent-up interest in getting this done, and then advocacy groups certainly will try to inform and educate people of their rights, and then there will be activity around that. And, and so waiting is probably not the right strategy putting your hand, head in the sand is not the right strategy right you got to learn a, yet one more thing business owners and ceos that we would advise you to become aware of which brings me to um part of the reason why i asked you in today i know that you and <clears throat> one of the other members of the critical mass community bob janowitz will be giving a presentation to our community in march around these topics can we talk a little bit about that talk
0: sure Um, So I will be focusing on the developments in privacy and cybersecurity law, mainly in California, but I'll touch briefly on what's happening around the world. And um, Bob will focus his presentation on employee privacy. So I'm doing customer privacy. He's doing employee privacy. Okay. And one of the things I want to highlight in the presentation is, you know, you really shouldn't think about this as oh my goodness, these are horrible laws, and I need to do this to avoid fines and litigation. Really? You really shouldn't think about it this way.
1: Okay, because I think I was (laughs) a little bit.
0: You should think about it as, you know, what do customers expect in the future from their products? Is this going to be a competitive advantage? Can I say that I have a reputation as a leader in this Mm. space? and proactively market myself as someone who will secure your data, someone who knows where I'm sending my data to, and someone who other companies can trust when they're negotiating with me and giving me their customer data.
1: Interesting. I, uh, I'm looking at my phone, ladies and gentlemen. If you're watching the video, you'll see me. Um, the working title that you guys have said your, your talk is Keeping the Genie in the Bottle, How to Comply with Privacy Laws and Safeguard Employee and Customer Data. That sounds like it needs to be paid attention to. And this is just one of the talks that the members of the Critical Mass, Lily Lee is actually a faculty within the Critical Mass community, sharing best practices, latest trends, and current thinking with our audience of business owners and CEOs so that they can know what the right thing is to do to kind of future-proof their company. And this is just the slight taste of the kind of knowledge that um, you're going to be imparting right, in March at our all-member event.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. Are you? Yes, I
1: am. I'm excited. Uh, you have a very uh, uh, energetic partner there, and Mr. Janowitz, too as a as a co presenter, don't you?
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah,
1: so this should be fun. Um, understanding your responsibility to be a good citizen, I'm wondering is there information that one company has that maybe they have a strategic partnership with another company who has some of the, do do you have to look at like, if you sell through resellers and channels, is it the responsibility of the manufacturer or the distributor to also make sure that their customer data maybe is protected on third party sites? Or do you know, is it only your sites and what you control? Is that a fair question?
0: That is a fair question. And, um, under California law, there are actually provisions where you need to safeguard the data that you transfer to third party vendors, third party processors. Um, so the obligations are different if you're bringing in the data or if you're just like an IT vendor on the back end. Right. But they are there for all of these parties.
1: And tell me again, why did you get into this area? What is the attraction for you? I mean, as an entrepreneur?
0: As an entrepreneur, this is an amazing area that will affect all different types of businesses and right now there are lots of attorneys at really large law firms okay that specialize in this space but very few small firm attorneys or solo attorneys and there really is a market need for the mid-sized businesses and smaller in this space because you know we all love the big law firms, so not all of us can afford their
1: rates. Right, and many t- you know, we we have had people come in and talk about cybersecurity and cyber law to the community in, over the past few years. One of the common things that I hear from all the experts is everybody thinks it's the breaches against the large corporations where people are focused, but truth be told, they're also focused on middle market and small companies as well uh, to get in and get that information as well. They're not just looking at Target or pick another major company, that Equifax, that's been hacked. They are going after Main Street companies as well. And so this type of protection is really important for those for the middle market and small companies, Right.
0: That's for sure. I mean, sometimes they're more vulnerable because they don't have the advanced security systems of these large companies. And also from a business point of view, if you want to work with Target or Microsoft or Facebook in the future, you better bet they're going to be looking at what your policies are and what your systems are like.
1: Right, because I might be wrong, and we're kind of on a tangent here, but if I remember correctly, a part of the vulnerability for Target was a third-party manufacturer who had a piece of equipment inside the Target IT infrastructure that was the vulnerability that caused them problems. Uh, I don't know if if that's accurate or not, but you could be obligated when you're working through larger companies as well to make sure your stuff is right. That's right. Yeah, because a hundred or a couple hundred dollars per client record times several thousand, I'm not good with the math here, but that's a lot of money.
0: That is, and that's per incident. (laughs)
1: Oh, don't you love these laws, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Um, You know, part of what I know that you and Bob are working on, and maybe it's premature, but um, some type of work product that will allow the members during your workshop presentation sort of interact with the content, um, as you develop that, that, will those tools and what you're putting together be available to other people? Should they be interested in seeing what you and Bob are presenting in kind of the closed critical mass community?
0: Definitely. I have a um, pared-down questionnaire that people can use to assess their incident response plans and what they know about their customer data.
1: Okay. Is that an industry-accepted term, industry response plans? Is that something we're transferring knowledge here to people?
0: Oh, incident response plans?
1: Yes. Yes. That is an
0: industry standard term.
1: So if a CEO goes in and talks to their team about their incident response plan, they'll sound knowledgeable in this area? Definitely. And if they look to engage a third party, if they know the lingo, they're probably a little more conversant then and probably be able to get better advice, I would think. That's for sure. Okay. But if they wanted to really learn more, would your website be a a good place or contacting you or checking out your profile? How would you direct them to find you, Lily Lee, online to learn more about this area?
0: They can definitely check out my website, www.metaverselaw.com I'm
1: going to ask you to spell that.
0: Uh, Metaverse like uh, M-E-T-A V-E-R-S-E Law. Okay. And um, I have a blog there where I post updates on recent legal developments in this space. And you can also reach me by email info at metaverselaw.com
1: um, you, you mentioned earlier you're going to symposiums and conferences. Is there a lot of energy around these new forthcoming laws? Are you finding a lot of people showing up? Is there a lot of activity here? I would think since GDPR came out, there's a heightened awareness that this is for real now. Is is that the case?
0: Yes, that is definitely the case. Um, there's a cybersecurity forum in Beverly Hills that I'm going to at the end of this month. There's this International Association of Privacy Professionals that is just growing exponentially each month. And you just have to look online at the news.
1: (laughs) Right. And so final question here for you, Lily Lee, and I I mean this in all sincerity. Um, It takes two to fight. And so you're on the side of the companies helping them to prepare. Are there other individuals who you're seeing that are getting ready on the other side to sort of fight the battle from the consumer's perspective?
0: Yes. A lot of plaintiff's class action attorneys are playing, paying close attention to this law, as well as the consumer watchdogs. They are lobbying hard right now. Both sides are lobbying hard to affect the law before it goes into effect early next year.
1: Okay, so this is actually something that could possibly be impacted slightly by the people that are listening to the radio show if they want to become active with their local legislators or state government elected officials. Is that what you're saying, too, in a regulatory body?
0: That's right. Okay. Um, definitely check in with the local chambers of commerce Okay, and see if they're providing any comments on the new laws. And um, you can also sign up through the Attorney General's website to receive notifications of the rulemaking process Mm. and submit comments yourself.
1: Okay. So if you really want to get involved in it, you can get that level of involvement. If you just want to stay on the periphery but be ready, I would suggest you get back to metaverselaw.com. Lily Lee, thank you for being a friend and a part of the critical mass community. This has been very enjoyable for me to learn. I don't like what I now know, but ignorance isn't an excuse. So thank you for being generous with your time and knowledge.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: It's been a blast. Definitely. And uh, if you're interested in hearing Lily Lee talk, get in touch with her directly. I'm sure she and Bob are probably going to even take this show on the road a little bit outside the critical mass community in the future, so you too can benefit from their knowledge and expertise. I'd like to thank Paul Roberts for engineering today's show. Our three producers, without whom I could not do this show each week, they are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me, let's start on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction.
0: You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host... Richard Franzi.